0: Welcome to episode two of the Venture Games Podcast. I'm Chris Quaidu, and I'm very thrilled to announce the second guest on my podcast, David Bloom, Associate at Signia Venture Partners. What's going on, David?
1: Thanks for having me, man. Good to see you again.
0: Yeah, man, you too. So just to get started, you know, for those of us who are listening that might be less familiar with Signia, do you mind just giving some background about about the firm and sort of what you guys look for?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I I joined Signia uh, about a little under two years ago, but we've been around for just over eight years, coming up on nine years now. Um, We invest early stages from uh, pre-seed to series A. Most of our checks are from 500K to about two and a half million. And we'll do some on either side of that. Small team of five of us, uh, all the partners are ex-founders and actually um, have, have scaled or both managed private, very large private companies and also very large public companies. So, Really want to focus on kind of helping out that zero to one stage. Um, really helping out grow out teams, grow out business models, and, and help out with go to market.
0: And so, what's it been like joining such a small team? I know you've been you know with the team for a couple of years now, but what's that experience been like? Are you wearing a whole lot of different hats and and doing a whole lot of everything?
1: Yeah, it, it's been it's been great. I mean, we um, I, I luckily had known them for a couple of years before even um, joining uh, officially or full time. I'd rather rather say. Um, so I've known them and, and knew I used to like to work with them and, and like them as people, but, um, no, yeah, you, you, uh, I don't, we don't have a team of to do everything, right. You, we don't have dedicated teams for every individual part of the job. So, um, no, we, we all wear a bunch of different hats from finding deals to really helping out portfolio companies and whatever it could be from like helping out with PR and helping out actually dial, picking up the phone and dialing for customers, which we we've all done and, or even helping out with product, right? So no, it's uh, and then all the back office stuff, we have a small back office team as well, but every, everybody needs to, to, to put in the part and put in the time, right? So no, it's been, it's a really great experience and that's how I get thrown in the fire really quickly, um, which is uh, stressful, but definitely helps, helps the learning curve.
0: And then, you know, just as part of being on a smaller team, is your coverage kind of all over the place or are you more focused on like one specific area or one specific like deal size?
1: Yeah, so uh, we, we were pretty specific on deal size just because of the size of our fund. We're mm-hmm. $85 million fund, so we we can't look at a $20 million deal, right? Yeah, uh, right. Uh, I guess we could, but we'd be a really, really odd and very little investor, right? So yeah. we we do focus specifically on pre-seed and seed, mostly, and these A's are kind of opportunistic. But no, I mean, look, we're, we're set up as a generalist fund. We've done stuff from cruise automation, which is uh, autonomous vehicles, right, which is amazing, all the way to construction to... You know, a couple uh, deep fake company, right, and actually have a big history in gaming. So we look at a ton of different industries and ton of different uh, technologies. But um, yeah, mo- mostly really focused on those earliest stages, and then uh, looking for best founders regardless of kind of of industries and and technologies.
0: And then, how did you originally become uh, interested just in the whole startup world? And you know you. You're sort of what I would consider like a unicorn is like one of the, you know, sort of few people who actually gets into venture right out of undergrad, you know, most people say it's pretty difficult. So, so what was your path like?
1: Yeah, yeah, I can, I can tell you how I got interested in and then, and then yeah, how I got it gone in right after undergrad. I mean, I got interested by going to Berkeley, right? I, I grew up in Sacramento. The There's some tech out there now, but there's really no, there's no, there's very little, I think there's two VCs uh, there, but I wouldn't really put them in the same type of bucket right much smaller okay. fund different focus um uh, lot i mean they're not they haven't been around for 30 years right like the, mm-hmm. the top firms here they they're very new so um no i didn't really even know anybody in, in startups in tech i mean I, I think it was just getting popular in general um 2012 2013 when i was kind of in high school and figuring out what i what i wanted to do right or just what i was interested in so i uh, i definitely had an interest in tech but coming to berkeley is really how i got interested in startups and, and VC I actually you've understood what it really was, right? Um, I mean, some some of it was through classes, some of it just through joining organizations on campus, and but the majority of it just being in the right environment, um, talking to people. You meet a ton of people at a big school like Berkeley, and everyone's doing something interesting, but a lot of the people at the time were either going to the big tech companies or starting their own thing or working for a startup or, or even wanting to you know, talk about investing, right? So just being around that and, and met some awesome people on both sides of things and um, even just meeting some alumni, right, at, at different, whether it's an alumni from certain groups you're involved with or I was involved with. Uh, that's how I kind of initially got into it. But I, I'd always, I guess the first real thing I got involved with was working as a consultant uh, for startups on campus. And so, I mean, it was, I don't know, 10 or so of us and ranging from freshmen to seniors with a variety of work experience. So we were really doing like the, the earliest of stages, like just surveying, right, for, for yeah. founders. Uh, so I was working with people that were one to two, what companies that were one or two people, right? So that's what was really, really interesting to see the big vision, the big change they want to make in the world. And it was two people, right? Or, or one person and no money, right? So I think that was the first kind of entrance into it and why I really got just kind of loving the, the energy and, and the interest, uh, it just, yeah, it sparked my interest. Um, but yeah, how I got out of undergrad trained adventure, yeah, I got a lot of people who told me that it, I couldn't do it, right? Um, or say I was stupid to do it for a bunch of different things mm-hmm. but um, I got in a couple ways I mean one I, I was I luckily kind of found out I wanted to do venture pretty early on um, so yeah middle of my sophomore year I ended up joining Dormroom Fund, which is the first rounds um, kind of student program right and, and run by first round rather um, that was the first like when the floodgates open, right? I had an excuse to go meet with any smart person on campus, whether building something or not right. network with people outside of school in, in, in San Francisco for the most part. Um, but that really, like we had a full autonomy to write checks um, first round, had to approve everything, but we, they let us run our own shop. Right. So that was the first real, um, like, wow, I could, I can go do this and someone was allowing me to write checks. Right. Um, but yeah, no, luckily just, I knew because I knew early, I, I knew how much it would take. So I had the time to do it. Right. So join dormant fund, join the house fund, um, spend a lot of time just outside of class reading and learning all about the industry, but also as meeting with as many people as possible, which is a, a job that you need a part of the job that you have to do. Right. Um, so just had a head start. Right. And if you can kind of figure out a path in, if you have a couple of years to do it. And so um, I was very lucky to join some awesome organizations, but that, the the joining, getting in as early as possible was, was really what let me do it, right? And let me actually have something to talk about with venture investors when I was a, 18, 19-year-old kid.
0: Right. So I have a bunch of follow-ups. One is just on the consulting work you were doing initially, you know, and a lot of younger people, especially when they're trying to break into venture, they're given the advice that you should like go out and try to be helpful. But often when you're like a young person, you just honestly don't know how to be helpful or there's no way that you can help. So what were some of the things that you were able to do to actually help out some of these startups you were working with? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And yeah, that is always advice, right? Be helpful, but you can't, you can't just say, I want to be helpful, and then wait for them to ask you, because mm-hmm. they probably don't know what you can do as well, right, so what we did when we were, and it was really cool, because it was designed to be, I mean, a lot of it was, like, products, um, and, like, product market fit type um, work, so we were a group of kids, and we had a great access to Berkeley, right, or even just other schools, and so we worked with a lot of startups that were either, not necessarily working for college kids, but either that demographic, or wanted to start in colleges because they think there's a, a easy way to kind of grow. And so we did a ton of surveys, a ton of product feedback, a ton of user testing, like the really, really early stuff that is tedious and what everyone has to do, but we had access, right? And you could do smaller rewards, like, I don't know, Amazon gift cards or raffles mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So we did, a lot of it was like product testing and, and just collecting feedback, um, which is something every founder every needs to do, right? But if you can outsource it for a little bit, just in the early days when you're thinking, I mean, some of the companies we worked with didn't really even have an idea, right? They thought they had an idea and they said, but maybe these other three will work. So let's right. go talk to 400 kids at Cal, right? And so, um, that was that was a media impact. I mean, all the stuff you can do, and even now that I do for founders, it's, it's not sexy, it's not super fun, right? It's just stuff that it helps augment their days. And your CEO, you, you have 25 different things to do at all times, right? So, I, I'm even going to be kind of an, outs- I've been and I'm going to be an outsourced salesperson for a portfolio code, like smiling, dialing, um, which is really cool. Uh, but it's not always sexy, but it, it's something that can really benefit. Right. And so willing to do, you gotta be willing to do anything, um, that's needed of you. Yeah. Sure.
0: And then so early on, how much, how valuable do you think some of this early, like, I I don't even know if you can call it operating experience, but more like hands-on experience, uh, is like sort of to your career now, you know, because a lot of people have different opinions on breaking in. Some people feel very strongly, you know, you got to get your hands dirty uh, and other people feel differently.
1: Look, I I don't, I don't have operating experience, right? Like I I did consulting. I worked at um, a a biotech startup uh, for six months. I worked. With a founder, a friend of mine at school for six months, none um, of that, no, that went, went anywhere, right? So I mean, that was cool. and Yes, you can call it operating students, but it's not like going to a fast-growing Series A company right. and watching them go from ten to five hundred people, right? So mm-hmm. I don't have I don't have operating experience. Um, I yeah, that, that's the classic advice, right? Um, there's I mean, there's no right answer. I don't think everyone has their opinion, but um, how I've thought about it uh, is a couple of different things. One. I just have a really strong affinity for investing and that's what I want to do. And I think life's too short to not do that. So I, I wouldn't, it'd be really hard for me to go like, I want to go operate unless I felt passionate about it um, just to be a better investor. Cause I think I'd rather focus my time being an investor, Right. And, and the other thing is like, look, yeah, that's a, that's a totally fair take uh, from a portfolio support help. Right. And, or, or knowing a um, knowing a certain market, but tech changes and you um, companies change uh, one of my partners first ipo is in 91 right he has unbelievable operating experience but from the tech side like it was a literally a phone like it was a, a plugged in phone right so right. like that tech is different so um i my philosophy is if i want to do venture for a long time which i do and it's a very long feedback cycle go do it go do if you want to get better at venture go do venture right. Is kind of my idea right and there's not a lot of professions where you you get better by doing something else so mm-hmm. There's obviously benefits and you can people can argue that all day, um, but I, I've subscribed to the philosophy of I want to do venture, do as much as learn and and do it as in any capacity as much as you can. And um, hopefully I'll set you up for success going down the line.
0: And what led to this strong affinity for investing? You know, because a lot of people, you know, kind of piggybacking off your point, a lot of people think either like, hey, I want to maybe try entrepreneurship or try working at a startup or maybe do venture. But what made... It's so clear in your mind that you want to be an investor? Yeah.
1: Um, I think it's just how I, my brain worked back in the day, even like, I mean, when I was growing up with my dad, I did a little bit of like public market investing just for fun, right. Just kind of play money, but mm-hmm. going through the whole process and t- made me take it very seriously. Um, in high school, my senior year, I a couple things I talked to, I don't know, 30 or 40 of my friends, parents, which was probably weird at the time, <laughs> but with, from stuff from biotech to, like more traditional lawyers and all these different things. One, it was it was a good experience just to talk with people and kind of like putting yourself in that mindset before college, right? But but I did get to see venture for things. And one good family friend is a startup founder, so I kind of got some in, uh, insight on that. And I have some some also some friends that are investors, not venture, but on the wealth management on the um, kind of private market side. So I actually interned for them for them one summer. Um, so a lot of it was just I'd like the general idea of investing. But I mean, even earlier, I I used to flip golf clubs, right? Like, I I think the whole idea of making money on something that people don't see value in or unique ways to do it, right? That's just always been of interest to me. So when I got into Berkeley and worked with startups, but then I also found this cool thing called venture where I could both work with startups and invest, right? And still find that financial kind of um, part of my brain to work, right? Like that that is, it made a lot of sense to me. Um, and then luckily enough, because I got to try it, I, I, it reaffirmed my belief, right? And so once I actually got working day-to-day at a venture firm, especially at the house firm where it was another small team of three at the time or four, um, you got to see everything. So I really, it, it tested my uh, hypothesis and it, luckily that was correct.
0: So, you know, people say venture capital, both being in it and getting into it is just so insanely like networking intensive. So, and, you know, you might not have a good answer to this, but for people who don't have sort of like those family and friend connections, or frankly, just don't know that much about the industry at all. Do you have any sort of like useful advice as far as just like getting started along that path?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, look, I I, I didn't have connections in SAC, But if you think about it, I'm in Berkeley, I was pr- playing lucky, right. right? You could walk, you could throw something down. It's not Stanford in terms of like the tech and VC community, but you can find people, right? So that's leveraging what you have regardless if it's a school. But if you're not, look now, um, there's so much online, right? From both people who, and you can say what you want about having like a Twitter brand, but it's people who tweet all the time about deals they are doing, or even like releasing memos, right? Or just resources, there's books on, on kind of venture and there's, I mean, you can look at old memos or old hypotheses or even just like old misses on websites on venture websites right and so mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff out there you can at least learn about a little bit um i mean look but at the end of the day venture is not all that old so it's right. like in the grand scheme of things it's i don't know i think it's 50 60 years old yeah, right like there. in the way we think about it right um but uh no i mean you there's a lot of stuff online was one thing i would say. there's tons of resources finding people and look especially I, I think the biggest thing that i did which was helpful and this is not my idea. I, plenty of people tell me this, mm-hmm. especially when you're in college, use your edu email, right? Like, you, people will respond to you. Um, so if you have interest and you want to talk to someone, adventure, or talk to a startup, or whatever, use that email and, and go just cold email and, and put time in it. Don't say, Hey, I want to, you have to kind of like the uh providing value right. for companies. Like, you can't just say, Hey, let's talk. Mm-hmm. It's like, Hey, I'm I go to whatever school, this doesn't matter. I go to text AM, right? Mm-hmm. And I love. Ag, I don't know, right? I love ag and I saw your investment in this. Like, I think this, these three companies are cool that you found online, right? You don't have to know them and love to talk and understand how you think about ag tech, right? Or whatever it is. I I think you just have to be very um, well thought out, but no, utilize what you have, utilize the EDU. Don't be scared to go and do it. I think it's also, that's the hardest part of networking Um, is starting Uh, and look like even going uh, to SF, you still have to go into that room of people at a, happy hour at a demo day, right? And still talk to people you have no idea. So you still have to start. So even if you have a network, that's hard, right? And so uh, doing that, because once you start, people are always very, and if you're nice and you connect some at some level and follow up, right? People are willing to make that next connection for you. So it's just starting. Um, and I guess one other hack that kind of came to my mind was volunteering at all the uh, startup events in the city. Like I did uh, TechCrunch Disrupt, like two or three years with an edu like hey i want to just help out and so you got a free ticket you work for a day and you've got to go for a day right so all those little small things that you could do and just hopefully you can run into someone that might one day be i don't know a start founder or an employer or whatever it may be right so um just starting just wherever you are just starting and finding an interesting way to go about it
0: yeah i think that's great advice um you know, and I think another thing to remember too, is everyone gets told no or gets ignored sometimes, you know, so don't get discouraged if, you know, you're reaching out to people. If everyone's saying yes, then your ask isn't big enough, you know? Yeah,
1: exactly. So, now so- there's, I'm sure there's, Luckily, am I don't have my EDU email anymore, but I'm sure there's, <laughs> if I went through my sent folder, right, there's plenty of people who never responded or said, right. no, I don't have time. Or even like at network events, like you went to them and like, this is a college kid, right? Or maybe you didn't, get along that well like it, you're gonna have not it's not gonna be easy it's not gonna be fun all the time and like everyone loves you everyone's gonna offer you a job but mm-hmm. start someone someone will right or someone will want to help you out just even from a just get it to the heart right and so one thing leads to another it's kind of a flywheel
0: and i'm just curious now do you consider yourself more of like an extrovert extroverted person or an introverted person because uh, i actually personally yeah. consider myself r- rather introverted but I also am a pretty aggressive networker. Okay.
1: I am, I'm pretty extroverted, I think. Uh, No, I, yeah, I think of myself as pretty extroverted. I mean, I just love, generally love getting to know people. And so that's always kind of been true. So it's easy for me to strike a conversation, but that's true in the set. Like I could have as many one-on-one coffee chats or like lunches with people that I have no business being around easily. Mm -hmm. Networking at events has never been super easy. Like, oh there's 25 people standing around like two tables right and you have to go break in and say something and, right. and get involved like that i'm not extrovert and there are some people that are really good at that yeah. right or just don't care what people think like i'm very extroverted when it's one-on-one or one-on-ten right mm-hmm. but the bigger crowds get get a lot harder so sure. yeah you just have to do it right and you just have to i'm sure you as a self supplicant introvert right you just kind of have to yeah. go out and do it and and hope for the best and put yourself out there
0: Absolutely. It's not as scary as it sounds.
1: No. <laughs>
0: so you mentioned the house fund earlier for those who don't know, what is the house fund? You know, what's your connection?
1: Um... Yeah. 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 So the house fund, um, was started, uh, when I was an undergrad at Cal, but, uh, by a friend and mentor, Jeremy fiance. Um, he started at a very young age too. So he, uh, he, I think he was 26, I think, right. When, when I was working for him. Um, he, then he had started this idea a lot before that too. So, um, you can always, always start young if you want to. But I uh, know it's, it's a privately run fund for like completely independent from the university that's focused on Cal uh, entrepreneurs. So students, faculty, alumni um, doing really early pre to series A now checks. Um, they have raised their second fund at 50 million after the first one I was at was five, right? So um, no, but yeah, they wanted back to best and brightest from Berkeley and, and put Berkeley on the map. And what they saw was Harvard, Stanford, and some other Um, well-known and well kind of funded schools, a lot of private schools, right? Had dedicated venture funds or professors were investing or just like it it was encouraged to go do entrepreneurship and and venture. Berkeley didn't have that for a lot of different reasons. We could talk, it's a whole nother podcast, but Mm -hmm. um, it's, yeah, that was how it was designed. And now it's a a team, growing team. um, A lot of great people have done, I don't want to get it wrong, but 60, 70 investments, right? And and Mm -hmm. helping from both all the way from PhD students and, and, and professors to undergrads who just started something, right? Or alumni who are 50, right? Who've been in industry forever. Um, so now it's, it's a great, it was a great, great couple of years I was there when I was an undergrad.
0: Yeah, so I've talked to Jeremy about this uh, a bit too. Um, and, you know, to your point without go- getting into a whole nother podcast, what are some of the bigger changes that you saw sort of uh, in the Cal ecosystem? Just, I, I guess, either from when you started to today or when you are on campus?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, unfortunately, I haven't been back in a, a year or so because of all this stuff, but right. I came back a few times um, to do some speaking. I think there's more people, it, I mean, look, it, there's still a long way to go in terms of like, yeah, go drop out and start something. I, a lot of people that come to Cal don't think that way yeah. um, uh, for a lot of different like, systematic reasons, right? right. Um, I think the biggest, I mean, it's just more popular to get into venture and get into tech more broadly now. Um, I think the one thing that I saw, at least from my age group in the last kind of two years or or so um, on either side of me was even the people who aren't as uh, risk-taking that, I mean, they're not going to go do a startup, but they'll go join a series C tech company, right? And so they get involved in the ecosystem that way. So I think people just gravitating toward tech or they'll go to something that's focused on tech even it's more traditional like consulting or banking or whatever and so they want to go they want to always stay in that kind of um, industry and so that'll always kind of feedback and maybe in a couple of years they'll go do a startup or they'll go work at a fund right so i think that just the interest in the the newer tech wave um, has been or tech ecosystem as a whole has been the biggest change uh, i think there's still lots lots of people who could be starting companies or okay. doing really or going to even that's the one thing too, more people should go and join a series A company that's 15 people, mm-hmm. right? That, that, and that's really, that's very risk-taking, right? Sometimes you can even argue that's more risk-taking than starting it because you don't have as so much control, right? So um, I think that's, those are the changes I want to see, but no, just general interest and, and awareness of what's going on in tech and opportunities. I think it's been the biggest change.
0: Yeah. And I, so I don't know the numbers, but I've seen some of the, you know, the information on it too. And just the number of resources that Cal has for tech and entrepreneurship have absolutely exploded um, over the past few years. Yeah. So I think a lot should... of students are Go starting
1: ahead. their own. I think a lot of students are starting their own programs too. Right. I mean, there was an accelerator there that lot step from the house fund, but even now, like mm-hmm. I spoke at a different kind of student run, I almost say like startup school, right. they would they would get people and they'd, Put together a business plan for six weeks and pitch and, and they brought in venture investors right so i think people are willing to start stuff around that around campus too which also just helps stem people's interest and in, and in, um all that going forward
0: so you mentioned uh earlier that jeremy was a pretty important mentor uh mentor to you and i know you know you've, you've talked about other mentors just like in in your blog post and other conversations that we've had so yeah. how has mentorship helped you out in your career
1: yeah, it's been everything. Uh, I mean, look, venture is a mentorship business. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of the common trope, and but it's true, right? I don't. Having people that have been doing this for 20, 30 years, right, is, is super important because um, they've been around ups and downs. And the last 10 years or so have been a crazy bull market. So a lot of people have done really well, but might not be for the right reasons, right? Or not all because they're super geniuses and they're smarter than everybody, right? It might just be right. they're riding the wave. So having people to do that um, really has helped. So, yeah, I mean, Jeremy. Jeremy was not much older than me, but he did do venture right after college. He did do all those things. We actually had to say major um, in college. We, sorry, we made, made our own majors in college, right? It was not the classic past. So um, he was super instrumental in saying, look, look, you go out and network and go out and get a drink or coffee with somebody in the city, right? Uh, on a Thursday night instead of, um, or Thursday afternoon instead of going to your econ class, honestly, right? Because look, like, you can always do stuff later right go go and meet people and, and if you really want to do it dedicate yourself and maybe take a hit somewhere else and yeah um and then also jeremy is amazing with kind of providing value i mean it's a lot different then right but mm-hmm. i wouldn't just go meet someone and get coffee and then say like hey i'll see you later because that doesn't mm-hmm. do anything it's a waste of time for both people um so luckily because of dorm fund house fund i was seeing deals a lot mm-hmm. right um so i would i would send out monthly, I don't know, it's monthly, but I'd send out deals to investors. And I mean, I don't even know how many, I wish I knew, but I don't know how many people talk to them or followed up or invest. I doubt they invested, mm-hmm. but um, they opened and we had discussions about it. And then we talked about why I thought they're interesting. Right. And that just built rapport uh, and a little bit of like letting people know how you think, right. So um, that was hugely important. And then yeah, the, my other mentor was my current, one of my current partners. I, yeah, interned with him, Sonny. Um, when I was an undergrad for a summer and then we met every month from then on until I hired was hired at Signia for just about almost two years. Wow. Um, and so a lot of that was much more like career advice, how I act, okay. how you talk to people, how you think about spaces. Cause he had been doing this for a while and mm-hmm. had a finance background, had worked on a startup, had all that, all that stuff. So no, it's been incredibly important. And now I have four, I have four partners that, that I can ask questions for, right. right. And with r- varying backgrounds and ages and, skill set so it's it's a it's an incredibly important um and yeah, cr- yeah really incredibly important part of part of the business
0: so you know similar to you obviously as you know i have also had some just like amazing mentors that have been really helpful to me in my career um and for me giving back is also important you know whether it's advice or just time or whatever to especially the people who are trying to get you know whether it's a career in mentor or just a career elsewhere in finance or whatever so what are some ways that you have, have been a mentor? And I guess for, for extra context, you've been the mentor to me, uh, even though <laughs> I'm older than you, but you've been doing this yeah. a lot longer than I, love I have.
1: It. So. I love it. No, um, no. Uh, how, how we got in touch through blueprint through Dorm fund, right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been a, a an important thing that I've done. And but that's been really like the first true like program, right. Mm-hmm. That I've done. And um, it was just a great time to do it. in Dorm fund, wanted people that they knew. Right. And I, I, I trust whatever, put whatever they put on is going to be good and high quality. So that was the first like real program I've done, but, um, I, I completely agree. I mean, look, I, the way I got my first internship was because someone I met at a dinner had talked to a partner and like, I, we just hung out and he liked it like me enough to like email the guy and say like, you should at least interview him. Right. Like he didn't have to do that at all. I didn't have to ask him. He's at a very big, very big firm. And, um, he probably gets all, emails all the time on that, right? So small things like that. So that that's what I've done a lot more. Um, I've done much more of the kind of one-off things where either people I knew or didn't know at Cal or I actually get a lot more cold emails from people outside of Cal um, that are interested in whatever it may be, uh, startups, venture, all the above just for advice. So usually, I mean, usually they have an ask or have some reason to talk or or whatever, but yeah, once we get on the phone, like happy to do introductions. And I always tell people literally look, look through my LinkedIn um, and I can introduce you to people. And mm-hmm. you are, you are one of the people who've done that. Not everyone does, but like happy to start pay it forward and, and do that, or people send me deals. And this, I try to do my best, like give them feedback and say like why I, I'm, I'm interested or not. And hopefully that either helps them or maybe maybe it'll leave a different deal for me, right? Mm-hmm. There's always a two way street, but. Um, that's kind of been the most, the biggest way I've done it look at it. Mentorship, um, mentorship, unofficial, but yeah, looking forward to do some more stuff and having a cool mentorship thing in Atlanta coming up next year or later this year, actually. So it should be a cool, cool next step. And um, yeah.
0: Yeah, man, I agree. I think, you know, the whole pay it forward um, mindset is just something that it, it's like when you meet someone who really truly believes in that I just think it's like amazing and those are the the mentorship relationships that to me at least have been sort of the most valuable in my career
1: and it's so, and it's been it's pretty I mean that's kind of a doctrine in, in Silicon Valley right? Right, like it, right for the most part people are willing to and as long as it's um yeah mutually beneficial right I, I don't think you can just get anyone on the phone all the mm-hmm. time for one even a one hour a month for for nothing but if you can work at a portfolio co or do something cool or help them get plugged into cal or or whatever university or um even just like help out with small diligence projects i've had plenty of people that i we don't have we didn't have an internship program at the time or or a spot but like they offer to do a deep dive in a space and we got to know each other and then they actually would go out and use that to go get a new job right or something like that so cool opportunities at that that it means have to be willing to to go the extra mile a lot of the time Right. yeah that's a really important point right like
0: be willing to help people before they can do something for you you know because a lot of people claim that you know networking can feel transactional it's not transactional if you're just going out of your way trying to help people
1: yeah that's, that's and, not transactional and, and i think you have to think about too the reason it can be transactional if it's one for one right away mm-hmm. right that doesn't even really happen all that much and even mm-hmm. if it does it usually isn't that big of an ask right it's like hey can i get sure. this intro i mean if you're just being helpful Going forward, uh, right? Like going forward, you might five years from now, or I mean, there's founders that I met through Dorman Fund that I've gotten really close with, or or helped out, or, or maybe they got into an venture and now I'm sharing deals with them, right? That right. was five years ago, right? And so we just stay close, and um, we didn't do anything big for each other, but we share deals or we talk through things, right? And just having like that relationship building, you just build the relationship to you actually enjoy making you both smarter, right? Um, it's not always like, Hey, I want an intro or, Hey, can you give me a good deal? Or, or can you give my company money? Right. Like it's, it can't, it doesn't have to be transactional. If it is, it might be on you as well. So probably be somewhat conscious of that.
0: Mm -hmm. So now that you've been doing this for a couple of years, um, you know, just so I can pick on you a little bit, what are some of the biggest like mistakes that you did, uh, as an early investor or just like someone, uh, in the, in the ecosystem early on? Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, one mistake that I think a lot of people, regardless of age, but just venture in general, make um, is just doing deals to do deals, right? Mm -hmm. That's always the sexy press release. You get something on TechCrunch, you can tweet about it, you get to pat yourself on the back. Um, Just because you did it doesn't mean it's a good deal at all, right? Um, And at the end of the day, the only, like, the one thing everyone will, the only objective, like, quantifiable thing you can really judge someone on venture is their track record, right? I guess helping the companies too, but. It's a lot of just what people say about you, right? It's it's what have you done and how much how much value has been created from your investments, right? So taking the time, especially for me, right? I was right out of college for my first fund I went to. Just doing a deal to do a deal doesn't mean it's good, and and doesn't even mean I really did the process, right? So focus on process and and listen to the people around you, whether it's partners or advisors to the fund or whatever, right? Or even other investors that. Have some more experience, so I think I think that and really, yeah, have some more experience and take that to heart and make your own mental models and do deals you actually think are good. Um, I think that's one. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, I think. I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah, just rushing uh, in general, right? Venture is a really long game. I've learned that. Um, it's hard. Yeah, you want to do deals. You want to start sitting on boards. You want to do help portfolio companies, but you're not going to do all that at once, and you're not going to help them all right when you start right you you really need to be patient so I think the a big mistake of mine was just rushing into things all the time or or trying to write that first check a month in or whatever right uh that's what you you really need to understand how long this game is and be very methodical what you mm-hmm. want to do and, and understand what each step and what what everything uh, every decision you make kind of is leading towards
0: So this is sort of just the obligatory, you know, it used to not be COVID, now it's COVID question. So, you know, having been on both sides of this uh, as a young person in venture, sort of how has your day-to-day life changed? Uh, Do you feel it's like a lot more difficult to network and and do the job and all that uh, during COVID? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, there's always, I was going to a lot of events um, during non-COVID times, but mm-hmm. um, that's also not something you do forever. Um, I think it's really great in the beginning, but if you're all you're doing is going to events and going to happy hours, like you can't do half the work you want right. need to do, right? Um, so, I mean, I think it was really important in the beginning and it's great to get to know a bunch of people. And, and that's a great part about venture, everyone's collaborative. Um, but I think even before COVID, I was getting a lot more pointed on who I wanted to get to know and, mm-hmm. and whether that's because it was trial by error, right? I, I had to meet a bunch of people first to even understand who I should be working with, but whether it's types of funds or types of people or focus or all the above, but no COVID definitely made it harder. Like You can't leave. I've, I've done one coffee chat walking down, down the side of a park, right? Like in right. nine months, which so I used to meet six, seven people a day. Yeah. Um. I think it is, it makes it more pointed, right? So if you're going into a space, you have to go find You're not going to run into somebody right on the street. You have to go find the right venture folks to talk to or angel investors. And if you go search out the company and a lot of that can be done digitally, which is great, whether it's finding on Twitter or LinkedIn or all the above, or, or just doing real, real deep research into the space and finding them being referenced in articles. Um, But no, especially when you're younger from like the analyst to uh, senior associate level, everyone wants to, uh, a lot of people, most people want to network, so there's been a lot of great virtual things we've done. I'm, I'm on the board of a thing called Next Gen Partners, which is another kind of networking group, right, uh, for all pre-partner uh, um, investors. And we've done stuff from we did a magic show, which was just more fun uh, with people, which was yeah. pretty wild. But also some like deep dives in industries where it's only ten people, so it's not like networking, right? It's mm-hmm. it's talking about prop tech. You're talking about consumer with listing and consumer um so there's a lot, been a lot of really good good things like that um i think a lot of the those first, those events that i'd go to which was like someone would speak and then they'd bring on they like a presentation and then they'd have a happy hour like those have all gone away because yeah. i think there was a lot of talks in the beginning but people get tired and it's not as engaging unless it's something that's really re- relevant right so those have gone away a good amount and i'm still going to a few conferences online that have been so so um they've, they've been kind of like breakout rooms to network and I don't know, it's a long time to sit just in. It's a long time to sit in an auditorium with people around you and free coffee and and food. Uh, it's a very long time to sit in front of your computer uh, and have no one to talk to, you, right? So it's a little bit different, yeah.
0: Do you think in any way it's you know just playing devil's advocate? Do you think in any way like it's easier <laughs> at least for first meetings in that you're not commuting and you have access to basically anyone in the world? And you know, sort of the follow up is, do you think some aspects of this with inventors specifically? Are gonna last even after COVID.
1: So, I mean, it gives you more time in the day, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about getting like Ubering four different times across the city, <laughs> right? That's really that's time that doesn't work, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or even just getting people to come to your office, right? Maybe they're in San Jose and you can only come a certain time of day. Like, it, it's really that. Yeah, that's definitely a benefit, right? Um, I think the it's a benefit, but I also think venture is so much about getting to know people and just Zoom and phone calls all day is really hard, especially, I mean, sure. there's definite fatigue by the end of the day, like I don't, it could be a great company, I'm probably gonna be a little bit more negative than I, or harder than I than I am at 9am, right? It's because right. you're tired, right? So I think getting to know some, like getting to know people and feeling the energy or just the communication is still gonna be very important. So mm-hmm. I'm looking, I think first calls, I think you're right. If you can just kind of get through a lot of the, the things you need to do, but when it really gets into, getting to know someone and making investment at seven, 10 year time horizon, right. Or yes, five to seven, but, um, you gotta meet in person. Um, so that, so that's one on the kind of location side of things. We always cover the U S so it was always the same. I mean, I miss traveling cause that, that I think actually hurts. Um, I mean, I, I cover Austin for Signia and love going out there, go out there every quarter, and I still have a lot of friends and in contacts out there that I can talk to, but the people I didn't get to know as much, I got to meet for a coffee chat, right. I don't get to do that now. So it's really hard to just like shoot an email asking for something or right. trying to t- get them on the phone. Right. It really does. Especially when you're not running into them at a happy hour every week, you're not going to build that same just rapport. Right. So I think the trap, the people that are outside of your city that you haven't known for a while is it- hard. Um, but at the end of the day, look, we, it's our job is to meet smart people no matter where they are. So COVID definitely yeah. has made that even just a little bit easier. It doesn't have to be planned around a trip. It doesn't have to be planned around um, a conference. You can just get on a call with someone in New York, get on a call with someone in Europe. Um, we used to deal in Sweden, right? We had never done that before. Um, right. So um, there are some benefits, but I, I personally can't wait to start talking to people in person right. <laughs> again. Right.
0: And, and shifting gears, um, you know, now that you've been doing this for a couple of years, how are you thinking about building like your sort of, sort of personal brand? You know, so a lot of people say, "Hey, you need a blog," or "Hey, you need to tweet a lot," or you know, VC, yeah, like to like, the, like to talk and share their opinion. They love to the so, talk. Yeah. <laughs> so, how are you thinking about this in your career?
1: Yeah, that's uh, no, a really good question. It's something it, everyone has their own style, right? I One of my partners has a really active Twitter account and is a, like a top voice on LinkedIn. So a lot of Post on there and mm-hmm. is a good writer, right? And that's one way to do it. Um, there's some people that I know that just do a ton of conferences and are very public, right? And they want to just be out there and thought of as a smart leader in in, in a industry or tech, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I will not have a big Twitter brand. I don't want to do that. I I just it's never been. I don't know why. I just don't. I can't do it. I just don't want to. Um, it's weird. I much rather do it personally um, in front of someone, like one on one. So. Yeah. My, the way I've been thinking about it is like, look, I think writing is great um, and I do it. And I think it really helps me at least put my thoughts out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a good way just to get people to, have, to know more about you. Um, I don't think anyone thinks I'm a genius because of what I'm writing, but they get sure. to know more what I like. Right. So I think that's one way. I mean, I've found my personal brand in a different way. I mean, there's a couple things, right. It's um, the deals you've done um, Mm -hmm. what, what you kind of spend your time on and how you think about spaces. And, um, I mean, yeah, just who you are as a person and investor. Right. So a lot of that is actually built more, at least in my, I mean, deals are deals Mm -hmm. period. Um, so that's one thing I think about. And I thought a lot more kind of, like I said in the beginning, not just doing random deals, but like, what spaces do I like? What do I want to be involved with? What do I actually have an opinion on? Right. Mm -hmm. Not just because someone's look cool, cool investors looking at it. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the personal brand I think is actually built between like just individual conversations. So that's like, we talk about helping each other, but also when you're on a call with someone, right. It's like actually taking the time to prep and understand what they look at. So you can send them relevant deals and vice versa and talk, have a, it's a lot more fun to have a 30 minute conversation to catch up and you talk for 20 minutes about your opinion on a space. Right. right. Than just like, here's four deals, here's four deals buy, yeah. right. You know, so um, I think just personal brand and personal relationships is how I thought of brand. I'm always going to do some outward facing stuff like this, like writing, like conferences, but in terms of like a digital social brand, that's not, that's just not me. Um, and I think I'll do a little bit on LinkedIn, but it's really a professional thing. I right. to like Twitter. I, mm-hmm. Twitter is mostly for for fun and sports uh, for me, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, won't, I don't think it's going to impress too many people, so.
0: Yeah, LinkedIn actually is my most followed, like social media. As yep, well, absolutely. Same here. That, so. <laughs> same, same here.
1: Yeah, it's not even close, I don't think.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you mentioned, you know, your, your Twitter and, and some of your sports tweets, and, and I've seen them. So, you know, you've done some pretty impressive things in your career. You know, you've broken in as a young person. You've had a lot of success as an early investor. But I think one of the most impressive things you've done is remain a Sacramento Kings fan for so long. So, so I how, how have you been able to do this?
1: Man, I don't know. I really don't. I, well, I don't think I had a choice. I was born into it. It was uh, It's it's my family's fault um, for having tickets back then. No, mm-hmm. I uh, look, we haven't made the playoffs in 14 years. We are not making it this year with all the recent trades, so yeah, it's just chalked it up to 15. Um, I don't know, man. Every year, I say this every year, I think this looks good. We got new management, we got a new GM. Mike McNair, we got a new assistant coach at Gentry, we have young mm-hmm. talent, it's gonna be our year, but then LeBron comes to Lakers, like, which is very happy for you, but right. um, I don't know, man, uh, one day, it's gonna be even sweeter. That's this is why, because I know how great and sweet it's gonna be when <laughs> we win it all, so just imagine, yeah, my, your excitement for the Lakers times 15 years, 15 plus years of not making the playoffs, so it's gonna be a really great, great celebration that night, let's say that.
0: I hope you have a lot of years. How <laughs> <So laughs> do you start out. early? Just yeah, like had, venture.
1: I just start, you gotta start as a Kings fan early. Can't exactly, come in late. <laughs>
0: exactly. Yeah. They've been looking good lately. It's not too late to become a Warriors fan. Oh, right, it always David, well, It's always too late. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, thanks for taking the time. Uh, I think this has been, been a great podcast. I think you, you gave a lot of good advice and it's just, you know, great to have this advice from someone who's in a pretty rare position, uh, you know, having broken so early. So thanks for taking Appreciate the time. You,
1: man. Thanks for having us. And for thanks for having me. And I can't <laughs> wait to listen to all these other, I know some of your upcoming guests are much more impressive. So I'm excited <laughs> to, to keep listening too.
0: Sure. All right, David, take it easy. Talk to you.
1: Bye. Bye.